Welcome to the Eye on the Tigers podcast. We are going to discuss more than just the Tigers today. This is Dave Matter, Mizzou beat writer for St. Louis Post-Dispatch and STLToday.com. And we're here with Ben Fredrickson, sports columnist at the Post-Dispatch and STLToday.com as well. We're kind of in between vacation time here. I'm getting ready to go on vacation. Ben was on vacation not too long ago. Uh, And then by the time I'm back, it's time for SEC football media days, which means it's almost time for preseason football coverage. So the summer is just uh, breezing by. What we thought we would do one kind of mid-summer podcast to discuss the biggest story in college sports. We're recording this on Friday, July 1st, which happens to be the 10-year anniversary of Missouri's first day in the Southeastern Conference. And big conference realignment news happened on Thursday. Uh, We'll get to all of that. Uh, But first, Ben, welcome back. We're here to discuss college sports, and there's plenty to discuss. It seems like so long ago, Dave, where we were at SEC Media Days last year in Hoover and uh, looking at our phones going, wait, what? Uh, Texas and Oklahoma are, are trying to get into the SEC. Is this just some crazy rumor? And by the end of the day, it was done. And uh, if, if you didn't know that this thing was off the rails at that point, then you're fooling yourself. And, and here's the counterpunch, right? The, uh, the, the aftershock with uh, the Big Ten going and getting USC and, and UCLA, um, huge surprise. Anyone who says otherwise is, is full of it. Um, maybe that we all knew conference realignment could continue, but the idea that this was just meant to be or was, everybody saw it coming. No, John Wilner dropped the bombshell and deserves a ton of credit. Um, everybody else kind of said, oh, we thought this could have been coming. No, no one expected this to happen, at least uh, in, the, in the fashion that it did. And another titanic shift, tectonic plate event and it happens, the news gets out like 12 hours, less than 12 hours before it's official. Uh, it's crazy, man. I remember, you know, when Missouri left for the SEC, it was a year-long story. It felt like it felt like the biggest deal, and, and it took forever, and all these people were involved, and it was so dramatic, and you covered it. You were there. And, and it's like now it just happens like, oh, no big deal. Kevin Durant requests a trade, and, uh, and UCLA and USC are – are going to the Big Ten. It's our new. It's our new reality, I suppose. Are you saying Kevin Durant requested a trade to the Big Ten? Well, I was trying to think. Like Kevin Durant was one of the best players ever in the history of the Big Twelve, but I guess now he's going to be one of those SEC legends, like when they right. honor Norm Stewart. So it's crazy, man. College sports as we know it is over. Um, there's there's no hedging on that. And this has all kinds of subplots and, and subpoints, and, and, and we might as well just dive into them. But I, I, let's start by this. Um, and this is the biggest one for me. Not shocking, but always worth pointing out. This is about the money and, oh, yeah. and nothing else. This is about the, the schools in California, which USC and UCLA for a Big 12 SEC perspective, they were in the driver's seat that Oklahoma and Texas were in the Big 12, and they were the darlings of the Pac-12, and they were the ones the Pac-12 were, was most worried about keeping happy. They were the ones that were resisting, you know, can, extending their, their current agreement with the Pac-12, and, and, and they can now jump ship and get a bigger share of a better deal in the Big 10, leaving the 
remaining Pac-12 schools to scramble, of which there are some appealing schools like Oregon with all of its Nike money and influence, for example. It's the same thing that Oklahoma, that Texas did um, to, to the rest of the schools in, in the Big 12 when they jumped to the SEC. And it's about nothing else, no matter what you hear, other than getting a bigger amount of money for these programs and for these conferences. It's not gonna make the fan experience better. It's gonna make the student athlete, student air quotes, athlete experience worse. It's going to really, I think, harm the rivalries and the tradition that makes college sports so popular and awesome. Unless you're a fan of one of the top teams that's always having a chance to win a national championship. It's gonna make things worse, but it will make coaches and athletic directors and league presidents and all these officials and the facilities they love to build, it will, it will make their checks bigger. And will it trickle down for the fans and the people who actually pay to watch the games or go to them in any way? Probably not, but uh, we will be told that it's this great thing. And that's that. That's all it is. That's, that's all it is. It's not about academics. It's not about um, recruiting. It's all about money. And that's, that shouldn't be a surprise. This is America we're talking about. Um, but don't listen to any other reasons that are given. Just follow the money. It's the easiest, um, you know, rule in journalism, in sports, politics, follow the money. Uh, you know, the, the reported shared revenue uh, that's going to come out of the new Big Ten media deal. And are we still going to call this thing the Big Ten? I mean, they're going to have like maybe twice as many schools in the conference, but whatever. Uh, it's, it, the, the reports are it could be $80 million per school every year that would more than double what USC and UCLA make in the PAC 12s uh, media rights deal. But here's the thing. And I'm not the first person to make this point. Obviously it's just more money for them to spend on the things they already spend it on. It just means they'll have more assistant athletic directors. They'll have more analysts on their football staff. They'll just spend it more because they, nobody wants to turn a profit because then it's like, okay, now we got to pay taxes on all this stuff. No, they want to try to break even. That's the, that's, that's the goal of all these uh, uh, college athletics departments and that have just become empires, you know, on their own. It's just about the money so they can spend more. Will it really make the experience any better for the fans? Like you said, no. Now you're going to ask your fans to pretty much have, uh, when it comes to football, you're going to have games in four different time zones in this conference. Um, to even call it a conference is, is silly. I mean, it's as much of a conference as the NFC and the AFC are in, in the NFL. Uh, you know, we used to think that like Mizzou and South Carolina being in the same conference didn't make any sense. Well, how about UCLA and Rutgers in the same conference? I mean, come on. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. So it doesn't make any sense. But when you talk about the money, it all makes all perfect sense. That's what this is all about. It, it got me thinking, I'm gonna go off on a tangent here. I, I've been doing a rewatch of Breaking Bad here lately. Uh, I watched it back when it aired live like a decade ago, but with, with Better Call Saul, finishing up i went back i need to watch breaking bad again i'm in in middle of season five i i think we're past the point of spoilers so um if you haven't watched it and plan to sorry just keep listening but there's this episode called buyout and it's when it's when jesse and it's when mike decide they want out of the meth business that walter white has built and they're just going to take their five million dollars and leave because enough is enough and walter can't understand it 
and he's, he's like, there's so much more money at stake here. And Jesse tells him, like, listen, you got into this because you needed $700,000 for your cancer treatment. Here's, you've made millions. Get out now. And he's like, why would I leave now? He's like, this is not about meth. It's not about money. It's about an empire. And that's what college sports has become. It's just, it, it, it it's okay if what you're doing doesn't make sense logistically, doesn't make sense historically, culturally, the traditions, the rivalries are gone. You can you can double your profits, or not even your profits, your revenue. Then it then it makes sense. And that's, you know, who really benefits from this besides the millionaires who are now going to make more? Yeah, I mean, it benefits anybody who who is on the payroll of of the Big Ten and and now these schools that are that are joining it. Um, you know. Missouri was in a spot, and we'll talk more about this later, where it felt like it needed to get out before the curtain dropped. Right. And that's, it is different. Um, Missouri was not holding the Big 12 by its shirt collar, directing it wherever it wanted to go. Texas didn't have to do this. Oklahoma did not have to do this. UCLA did not have to do this. USC did not have to do this. They chose to do this. And now, um, now the ripple effects will, will continue. I, I wish I just wish they would say, "Hey, the charade is over. This is about maximizing the dollars that can be consumed by TV contracts that can then be repurposed for whatever we want, and to make us all in, who are people who are actually on these payrolls richer. And there's more money to be made, so why not make it? That would have been the only explanation that would have made sense. Right. Instead, we're hearing stuff like, you know, this is about improving recruiting." okay, if you're in New Jersey and you're really good at football, you can go play at USC. They know about you and, and you, you know about them. Um, it's th this idea of like, well, playing on that side of the country will mean more kids see us play. No, kids don't watch college football games. They're on Instagram and TikTok and <laughs> they might see a right. highlight, but you know why they know USC? Because Reggie Bush was really good and because they competed for national championships. And that's how you get more people to know about you. are not playing um, in a snowy, <laughs> in a snowy stadium for, for kids who are, who are on their phones. So that's not me ranting about youth. That's just saying that idea is outdated. This is certainly not about improving anything for the old idea of student athletes, because as pointed out by other places, rightfully so, this is going to be horrific for any kid who actually cares about going to class because they'll be traveling all over the country through different time zones to play. I mean, think about for football, it's once a week. Think about right. basketball. Think, oh, about, yeah. think about these other sports that are now going to have to be, you know, hopefully on chartered planes with all this revenue that will be coming in, but we'll have to be drug all across the country. And, it, and it's certainly, and this will be the big one, there will certainly be people who rush to say, well, this is what happens when you allow the students to get paid. And this is just a, this is what happens after that. No, no, no. This was happening before that. Yeah. And the, the amount of money that's being paid through, you know, through NIL deals for boosters or fans who want to support certain players. Um, that has nothing to, it does not compare. And it's actually an entirely separate silo of money. Then that's what's coming from these TV contracts and these, these, the reasons that are generating all these moves. And I would actually say, if, if you're someone who is thinking about the NIL side of things, doesn't it make now more sense? Hear me out on this. To get involved in NIL that will recruit uh, and, and help go toward the recruitment of players that you want to see play for your university more than it does to actually give money to the athletic department, 
And here's yeah. why I say that. If you want to see that team win, what's you know, everybody knows it's no secret. What helps the team win? Having the best players. If you give that money to your athletic department, what happens? Do your ticket prices go down? No. Right. Are you gonna are you gonna see the rivalries you want to see more often? Apparently not. Um, are you are they going to use it to say, hey, you donated a bunch of money? You can jump on our team plane when we fly across 15 states to get to to get to our next game. No. The, to me, it even incentivizes people to go more toward the NIL route because it's actually they're going to get more bang for their buck. I have yet to read, Dave, one person explain how this is better for fans of USC, for fans of UCLA. I, I don't see how this is going to make them have a better shot at winning a national championship. Um, it's going to take away some of their favorite games, some of the games that they've one of the reasons they're college football fans. So I guess it's good for their programs and that they'll get paid more. But if you're a USC super fan, like other than championing the fact that the Big Ten wanted you and great, what gets better? If you're a Texas fan, what has actually gotten better other than you're, you're glad your, your program is making more money that's not going to benefit you in any way? I, I don't understand that logic of people saying this is great because what is the, what is the, the point that comes after that? And I think that's that's what's happened is college sport. The people who run it have adopted this just CEO mentality where it's not about, you know, what's best for the game. It's not about what's best for the, the history. It's about, okay, how can the cash pile get bigger? Yeah. And what, what ridiculous ways can we come with how to splice it and spend it? So then we can say we don't make enough money to pay the athletes. Like, right. it right. just feels like, I mean, it's hard to say. It feels like this is going to drive this thing off the cliff. But it's just going to turn into basically two divisions. It's going to be thing one, which is the SEC, and thing two, which is the Big Ten. And I don't know, maybe the Big 12 scoops up everybody, or maybe they just continue to wage war for the Oregons and the Notre Dames, but, uh, you know, the Clemsons, the Florida States. But it's just going to be basically how do they figure out, to me, the only thing they they, they have left to do, the only thing that can make this compelling is you've got to expand the college football playoff now. And you've right. got to make it feel like the NCAA tournament because the idea of winning a conference championship, winning your division, they're already getting rid of divisions. I mean, right. the, the way we were taught to appreciate college football, it's over. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you talk about how is this better for the fans? How are those USC fans going to like when there's a noon Eastern kickoff at Maryland and they've got to get up to watch the game at 9 a.m. in Los Angeles? Oh, the flip side, the Maryland fan, when, when the Terps are playing – UCLA at 8 p.m. Pacific. That game starts, if my math is right, 8 plus 3. That game starts at 11 p.m. Eastern time. So it just – and nobody cares. Nobody cares. That, that, that doesn't matter. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter at all. So uh, it, it's all about, you know, that bigger chunk of revenue. It's not about TV markets as much as it was a decade ago when Missouri joined the SEC. It's, it's, we're, we live in a streaming world, uh, so that, that's all different. Um, yeah, I, I guess you credit the Big Ten, you know, for, for doing this in reaction to what the SEC did. But you know, I, I find more fault, or at least I, I, I question more USC and UCLA doing this. But to spin it forward, the, and this happens, we learn the lesson every time there's conference realignment. The, the next question, after the bombshell, the next question is, well, what happens to everybody else? And this is where all the theories come out on, on Twitter. And suddenly... Everybody that didn't know this was happening a day ago now has sources telling them what's going to happen next. It's amazing how that happens, isn't it? 
Yeah. It's like we know we now know what Oregon and Washington and Oklahoma State and Baylor is going to do, even though 24 hours ago, nobody knew USC and UCLA were leaving. Isn't it crazy how that happens? But it's a valid question. What are, are these are these conferences going to stop at 16? Why would they? Uh, and it, but if they do and we just got two mega conferences now, the Big Ten and the SEC, there's some really quality athletic departments and football programs out there that are that are not the mix. What, what happens to Stanford? What happens to Oregon unless they, they move to what happens to Oklahoma state and, and Baylor just won the uh, big 12. What happens to all those ACC programs? Does the sec look uh, at Clemson? Does it look at North Carolina, Virginia tech, Florida state? Um, that's, that's the, those are the, all the next dominoes. The biggest one is Notre Dame, obviously what, what happens there? The, the playoff field is going to determine a lot of this. Um, you know, does the Big Ten and the SEC just decide, hey, if you guys don't want to expand the playoff field, we'll just create our own. And the champion of the Big Ten versus the SEC will declare that the national champion. If it's Ohio State or if it's Alabama and then in the rest of the world, you guys have Oklahoma State or, you know, Washington is the national championship. Well, then we'll let some other process decide who the real champion is. So, is this progress? I mean, I don't know. It sounds like what we had back in like the eighties and early nineties when there was like disputed champions because college football was all over the map. So that's the next question. What happens next? That that's going to be the dominant conversation at conference media days in July. Uh, every coach, you know, is going to be asked, you know, are you worried about your future? Are you worried about the state of the conference, whether you're on the move or not? Uh, and, and the fact is also, Nobody knows anything. Can we just, can we make that clear? Like everybody has their theories and they think they know what's going to happen. But again, these are the same people that did not know that USC and UCLA were joining the big 10 at the beginning of this week. So don't be fooled into thinking that by Friday, they know everything that's going to happen next. Yeah. I think if even the folks who were supposed to know knew there right. would have been so much chest thumping about the so-called alliance which folks remember was what happened initially after Texas and Oklahoma bolted to the SEC. And, you know, it was clear that the SEC was interested in adding teams that, that it wanted as this, as this, this path just veered off into the, the wild West here. Um, the Alliance was the Pac-12, uh, the ACC and the big 10, and they were going to lock arms and stand in brotherhood of, of not doing what the big bad SEC did. And, and meanwhile, it's the Big Ten, you know, it, but behind the locked arms is getting ready to stab everybody that's not UCLA and USC in the back. Right. Uh, so that was, that was a, that's a great, I imagine some relationships are forever tarnished there, but I guess we should have known better. Um, just like anyone who says now, well, the dust is going to settle here. They're going to, they're going to breathe and let it know there are no rules anymore. And apparently it's no big deal to just be a lame duck in your league for seasons until you're your deal runs out and you can make the change. I just wish they could expedite it and, and make a move soon so we don't have to have all this awkwardness and actually figure out what this is going to look like. I guess if they expand the playoff and they make they turn it into March Madness of football, I could I could be compelled to watch that. That's interesting, right? I could get on board. If they say, hey, there's just going to be two main uh, two main conferences and their winners are going to play each other for an ultimate conference champ, like an ultimate national championship. I could, that could be compelling, but if they just decide, no, we're going to take our ball, go home. The winner will have two winners. That's 
that that would be terrible for just entertainment purposes. I'm, I hope it doesn't get to that point. And I know that nobody likes when the sports writers decide who the real national champion right. is. Um, that's how you get uh, contested and multiple banners, and that's idiotic. So I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll have to figure out whatever would make the most money, and it would sure seem to me that having a ultimate deciding national championship game would make a lot of money because a lot of people would want to see that. And, and you got to think the deals for that would be would be epic. So I would imagine in some way that that ultimately happens. But I, I totally understand the panic theory. Um, if you're Oregon, if you're you know, Notre Dame's got to be looking around going, OK, how are we going to play this? Because we're we're in, we're in demand now. Do we make them wait? Do we do we bid them against each other? Um, because geographical fit none of that matters anymore. I mean, it's right. all anything of like, it's just, I can remember the old conference realignment days where we would draw the maps and say, okay, could, could they fit in this region? No, throw the regions out. I mean, if you look at the new big 10 map, it's, it's like an ad lib. It, it, it makes no sense. So you, you throw that out and it's all about who, who you think can, can add to the interest of your league and the, and the dollars. What I, what I would like to speak to specifically, Dave, is like Mizzou fans are doing this too, and there's no need to. Like, right. I mean, you're hearing from Missouri people, oh, could, could Missouri be interested in maybe trying now to get to the, this, this supersized Big Ten? Or, oh, should Missouri have to worry about the SEC telling it it no longer wants in it? No, to both. Missouri did, tried to, would have wanted to maybe get in the Big Ten. The Big Ten didn't want Missouri. Why would, the Big, why would Missouri want to go now? Also, why would the Big Ten want Missouri? Missouri did a smart thing. It saw this happening ahead of time and it got out. It got tired of being in the back seat to the Texas and the Oklahomas at Gary Pinkle and Mike Alden, God bless them, got Missouri to an equally shared conference, one that you never leave. You just say, hey, we're here and, and the football team's got to get better. But, you know, thanks for having us. That's where you have to be and, and try to grow it. But this idea of the SEC kicking Missouri out or Missouri trying to say, well, maybe they could be better off in the Big No, they're not better off in the Big Ten. Look at the states that are involved in the SEC now. Look at everything about those states. Whether you like them or don't like them, whatever, they fit in the SEC. They don't fit at all in the Big Ten. So I, 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 it's disappointing sometimes to see Mizzou fans just immediately assume the worst or still hold on to this outdated Big Ten fetish. It's bizarre. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, I, I also preface it this way. 12 years ago, when first were some rumblings that Missouri would go to the SEC, I was, you know, I, I was reporting the news, but I also thought and, and maybe made this, you know, out there public, like, I don't, I don't see this happening. It's a, it's a weird fit. I don't, I don't know if Missouri has the, um, you know, has the pull to make this happen. And it did. So, I've kind of learned to never say never about anything in college sports, but there's no logical reason right now to think Missouri's in danger or is the, the threat of leaving conferences um, at any point right now. It, why? That's, that's, that would be my first question. Like, why? Why would it make sense to move? Why would it make sense for the Big Ten right now to go poach Missouri from the SEC? I don't really see the great upside. Frankly, I think you can make a case that Missouri, as far as an athletics department, was more attractive to the SEC in 2011, 2012 than it would be to the Big Ten right now. I mean, football is a lot of questions about the overall fitness of that program. Basketball's new coach, Dennis Gates, is doing good things, but 
zoom out a little bit, it, it's still, you know, I haven't lived up to expectations in the, even in the SEC. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a rough go for a while. That doesn't mean they can't make progress and be better, but you know, I don't think it, I don't think adding Missouri to the, to the big 10 really moves the needle for, for the big 10 right now. And, and if you're Missouri, why, why do you want to leave? Like, why would you want to? You're, you're safe. You're safe in the SEC. Now it's hard, but it was always going to be hard. Um, maybe winning the SEC East those two years back when there was things called divisions in college football, uh, maybe, you know, maybe that might've done a disservice to the program overall, just because it, made this idea that it was going to be really easy. No, you just happen to have a hall of fame coach who had some really good players who, uh, who, who did things the right way and built it the right way, but it's, it's going to be hard to do going forward. Uh, and it was all, but it was always going to be hard in the sec. So I don't think anybody looking at it like, well, I, I think, I think Missouri could beat Wisconsin and Iowa and Northwestern be more competitive in 2022 in the big 10 than the sec. Well, that's not the way to look at this. Uh, you're, you're safe in this league. Nobody leaves this league. And you've got good leadership. All the reasons you left the Big 12 for the SEC are still true. The solidarity, um, you know, the support, the leadership, uh, the revenue, obviously. I, I just don't, I don't see there being like an upside either way at, at this point. But, but when it comes to realignment, we know so little about what's going to happen next that the, the instinct for everybody, the impulse is to just talk about well, what if, how is this going to affect us? So I, I, I just think it's inevitable that this discussion comes around. If anything, Mizzou, Mizzou should be thrilled that it got out in front of Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. It made a decision that Texas and Oklahoma later made, and it did so um, without the, the heft of, of Texas and Oklahoma. That, that speak, I mean, that decision, and, and you could say, I can understand the argument. I would probably agree with it. That would it be more fun if the Big 12 just lasted and, and, and yeah. nothing changed? Yeah. I mean, that, I love the rivalries and the stories. That's, that's what you grow up watching is, is going to be what you prefer, but it wasn't going to stay the same. And, and clearly, it, the Oklahoma and Texas didn't leave the Big 12 because Missouri left. <laughs> they left because they wanted to make more money in the SEC. And especially now that they are coming in, the argument of rivalries and the things that clearly these decisions aren't based on, they're actually improving for Missouri because now, you know, you've got Texas and Oklahoma around, could, could play them. Um, go look at the Big Ten. What rivalries are, are there? Nebraska? Okay. Um, you know, it's not UC, UCLA and USC and Rutgers and Maryland. That doesn't, that doesn't do much for anybody. So I, I just, uh, if anything, I think the reaction from Mizzou fans should be, be happy that, that you got in before the, the chaos really started, because if you think it couldn't be worse, talk to some folks at K-State or right. Iowa State or State. Washington or, you know, these other, these other Big 12 or, or Pac-12 schools that now if you're the Big 12 and you've made those additions that they announced recently, is part of you wondering what they knew when they knew it and if they maybe would have waited or perhaps tried to include some of the Pac-12 teams in that when they added them? Um, if, you're, if you're the Big 12, do you try to go get the Washingtons and say, well, geographic, geographic doesn't matter at all. Let's just stock up on teams and try to be the third level behind the SEC in the Big 12. I, I don't know but nothing is set in the big 12 that Missouri left is it's not even, you wouldn't even recognize it now. So right. they got out ahead of the storm. 
But, uh, you know, I, I wonder, and you know, what, what's the end game of this? And we, people wonder, well, why is it this way? And when it will stop? The only way it stops is if people don't watch and people don't give their money to it. I, is this going to decrease interest in college football and college sports? I, I don't know. Um, part of me thinks, no, you know, you put a national championship game on, everybody's going to watch it. But I also, you know, I've talked to a couple people who love college sports. who are like, I just don't, they're not even angry at, at the, the trends. They're just like, this is not what I like. This isn't, this isn't what I know. Um, do you, is there a point where this gets to where people who are casual fans of college sports or college football just say, this isn't, this isn't what I remember. This is not what I celebrate. If I want to watch the, if I want to watch football that has no, that has no college tradition or meaning to me, I'll just watch the NFL. Do you think it could get to that point or is that foolish to, to even expect? Or it's an interesting about? question because like in, in the NFL, you know, the, the conferences don't really matter. Like, you know, you can move the Seahawks from the AFC to the NFC and it's not like, Oh gosh, you know, we have to say goodbye to our age old rivalries with the chiefs and the Broncos. And now we're rivals with the 49ers and the Rams. And it's, it's going to be such a transition. Not really. Cause like the, there's one commissioner, like the revenue is all the same. There's not separate TV deals. And is, is that what college football eventually is kind of aiming towards? Well, if so, if you just want to be the NFL, then you're not unique and you're not special anymore. Like the, you know, the collegiality and all of that, you know, it's just not the same. And there's great things about the NFL. Like the games are faster and um, you know, there's a lot of things that make that game superior to college football, but also the things in college football that make it unique, you can't duplicate in, in the NFL. So um, yeah, is that the direction they're going though? Just because those, that's where the dollar signs point toward maybe so, but what's, what's going to be lost in all of that? There's, there's a lot. And Missouri's dealt with some of that. It's kind of the, it's, it's kind of the, uh, um, the collateral damage of moving conferences is you, you know, Missouri doesn't really have rivals anymore. You, you, we can talk about Arkansas. We can drum up excitement with drama with South Carolina women's basketball, whatever it may be. It's not the same as playing Kansas and, and, you know, Nebraska and, you know, even go back to Colorado and things like that. And what was kind of building with not liking Texas and not liking Oklahoma, except you get them back. Um, so yeah, all that is lost and it's going to be even lost further. If you just get closer and closer to, you know, just being NFL junior or diet NFL or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, you know, the people at the top will be getting paid more. And if, if they're the ones making the decisions uh, and that's what they're governed by, then then they'll be happy. But, uh, but one other point I want to make on Missouri, and we were kind of sharing this thought on, on, uh, on text messaging last night. And I can't, I can't ignore this. Like a, a 10 years ago, the thought was by some folks around the state, and it kind of depends on what part of the state you're in, the feel was oh, Missouri is a better fit with schools like Michigan and Illinois and maybe Iowa, Minnesota. Now, a decade later, the state's, the state's changed. And, and still, it depends on where you're, where you're, where you're having this conversation, whether you're in you know, urban centers in St. Louis or Kansas City or even Columbia, or, or maybe if you're down Springfield or you're down the Boot Hill or you're down in northern Missouri, if you're more in rural areas, um, does Missouri identify more? And I'm not just talking politics and elections, but a little bit, because that's part of it. Does it identify more closely with Alabama, with Arkansas, with Louisiana, with Mississippi? And 
I think our state leaders do. Uh, I think they feel more entrenched in that part of the country, culturally, politically, especially. And we know in this state, the politicians would have any say in anything that regards, you know, Missouri and conference affiliation. You know, Governor Nixon certainly did a decade ago uh, and kind of got things, the ball rolling with some comments he made on Missouri's departure from the Big 12. So that's where I think a decade later, the dynamics in the state have changed a little bit to where I don't I don't think there would be this natural impulse to jump to the Big Ten because it's a better fit. I, I don't think it is, you know, statewide. Yeah, well said. Uh, I'm curious if what's going through Greg Sankey's mind right now. Yeah. Um, you know, this is not going to stop. I don't think. I, I can't imagine the SEC said, oh, we're good. They countered our move. So we're good. We're just going to leave it here. If I'm Greg Sankey, I'm looking at North Carolina. I'm looking at Florida State. I'm looking at Baylor. I'm looking at, you know, I'm gonna go, what's that? Clemson. Yeah, Clemson. I'm going to go through and, and, and get in, 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 in round numbers, see what the interest is, and, and just say, okay, that's your move. Here's our next. And you're basically what you very well could have is, you know, the, the middle down right part of the country in one in one conference and the upper right <laughs> upper right to to california part of the conference of the country in another conference and maybe it's a you know maybe it's a, a north south national championship i don't know but it's uh to 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 remove the way that states are comparing and contrasting and a lot of things right now from this would be silly because a lot of these decisions are influenced by by uh, college football is political. Look at how many college football fans are in are in different areas of, of government. Um, it's it's it says something about the way the bigger picture of what's going on in our country a little bit too, in regards to both chasing the money and how these how these these uh, divisions are are happening. Um, I don't know, man. I I I hate to just be like we just spent you know thirty minutes sounding like crabby old men yelling at the, the clouds, but. We're really not like I think you and I are open to a lot of changes and we we're not, um, you know, still writing our, our stories by tapping things out on stone tablets where <laughs> we're, 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 we're prone to, you know, sepia tone memories of the past as newspaper guys. But I just have yet. I've read a lot. I, I read I think Bill Plaschke is is one of the best columnists in America. I read his column about UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten. And it was about, hey, this is a good idea. This is this is smart. And I read it, and this is one of the best, a, a god of sports journalism. I mean that with all sincerity. There was no, he didn't convince me as to why it's good. It was about, this is good for recruiting. No, it's not. It does, the, the recruiting doesn't need help. The, the players, we know about them from the time they're five years old and they go viral on, on, on Twitter, on a, on a little tykes hoop, like they don't need more exposure for recruiting. They don't need more money for, for better fan. The, the money's not going to help the fan experience. It's not going to help these kids who are getting dragged all over the country. I've yet to see one person who's in favor of these things say why it's better. Um, if I'm missing it, please let me know. And if, if, if you work for a, a university that's involved in this, your opinion doesn't count because you're right. biased by that. But I don't, I don't know. I, I, I yet to see anyone connect the dots into how this is actually a better experience, a better path, a better product 
for the people who actually go to the games, for the people who actually watch on TV. Um, I, I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing a lot of spin and none of it's landing. Right, right. I, I think, though, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, but if, you, if we want to get NIL back into the conversation, if you're a fundraiser for the athletics department at UCLA, you can look at this and say, our donors now are giving all their money to our recruits and our athletes instead of to our uh, scholarship fund and to our facilities and to our coaching contracts. We need more money. What are we going to do? Oh, hey, we can double our TV revenue and our media rights revenue if we switch conferences. Is, is that going to be the cop out that, hey, hey, sorry, NIL ruined it for our, for our uh, bottom line because now our donors are giving money to the players instead. So if our, our quarterback is getting an $8 million deal, well, that's $8 million that we're not getting to uh, pay our coaching buyouts and buy a new weight room. And uh, so we need this money. We, this is not our, cho- not our first choice is not to leave the PAC 12 and leave our friends at the Arizona schools and uh, the, the Bay area schools and, and the Washington and Oregon schools. We have no choice. Like this is NIL's fault. We can't let our quarterback be making this money and, and us missing out on this. So we're just going to have to take this big 10 deal and have to forge new rivalries with Minnesota and Iowa. That's, that's going to be that. I don't know if anyone will come out and say that, but you know, that mentality is, is out there quietly within the schools that are making this move. They'll blame the players and blame NIL because that's, that's just what you do. Yeah. You can see that one coming easily. And there will be, unfortunately be media members who, fall into that trap um and the question that i would have would be okay well how much are being spent on facilities unnecessarily what's the contract of the ad um how much money is being paid to coaches who have been fired who are bad hires who should not have been hired in the first place um what is the what is what is the budget on some things that are totally and completely unnecessary how much money is spent on search firms when you hire someone that everybody knew you were going to hire in the first place i mean the amount of money that can be spent uselessly by by some of these departments is it's really staggering in part and it's the ncaa plan it's, it's spend the pot of money so no one can point to it and say why don't you pay the players right so they've gotten really good at, at setting money on fire and this just means a bigger fire right and, and anyone who says it's better for for the people who want to go watch the games i, I don't know maybe maybe if if this is the reason if this is the way that ucla gets back to being a, a national championship football team, I'll have to eat some crow. But uh, I think there are going to be some UCLA fans who don't like going to Michigan when it's snowing and getting their teeth kicked in. Uh, well, also, they, you know, or they, Ohio State or, right. you know, or some of the other programs that can do it, Iowa, for that matter. I mean, the, sometimes it's a matter of be careful what you wish for. Right. Um, so these schools think very highly of themselves. I, I think Texas is, you know, our, it's great that Arch Manning's coming, but. Um, it can be rough until he gets there. Oklahoma thinks very highly of itself. You know, how are those Oklahoma fans going to go, going to feel when, when they go get pummeled at, at Mississippi State once in a while? It's going to happen. Um, and it might be a little bit of a reality check that they, they might wish, man, sometimes it's better being the king of your mountain versus being, a, you know, an equal piece of the pie eater in a bigger conference. Missouri was not in that spot. Missouri was getting a... A, a already half-eaten piece of the pie in in Texas and Oklahoma's league, so you might as well be a non-power, a non-elite team in a, in a conference that actually shares it. Uh, that's a better move, right? And, and do you wonder, you know, twenty years from now, 25, 30 years from now, 
are Oklahoma, Texas, USC, and UCLA going to be sitting around going, man, this was the smartest thing we've ever done. I don't know. Right. And you you talk about recruiting is it is, are athletes going to be more drawn to USC and UCLA? And let's talk about sports outside of football. The ones that actually have to travel to more than 12 games a year, (laughs) are they really going to be drawn to be in the big 10? Uh, because those athletes, yeah, you're going to live in Southern California, but not really. You're actually going to live in airports. You're going to live in airplanes. Like think about the volleyball player that it's Hopefully got in. airplanes. Some of them will probably be uh, cross country busing the, uh, you know, the, the lesser teams. Think about the UCLA volleyball player, the UCLA gymnast, who's got a, uh, you know, volleyball is better. They play multiple, you know, meets a week. They've got a Tuesday night match in, in Champaign or in, uh, in Minneapolis and then turn around and they've got a Saturday, you know, night match in Los Angeles. Like, yeah, they're going to be spending a lot of time in the classroom, a lot of time in, in airports, on airplanes. And, you know, come on, that, how is that going to help your recruiting? No, I look forward to them trying to sell the why cross-country road trips for quote-unquote student athletes are the best thing. Well, they're going to be on the road for this month, but uh, the, vo- the, the women's basketball team will be on the road doing this West Coast swing this week. Um, don't worry, they've got, they've got some teachers, some professors out there with them, or they're all taking online classes, which look, whatever. I mean, this is, this is so far gone. It sounds silly, but, but I'm just saying, don't turn around and tell us now about your graduation rate, right? Turn around and talk to us about your APR, whatever the hell it is that they call that thing. Nobody wants to hear that anymore. Like all mentions of what you're doing to graduate players and how this is best for the student athlete experience. Stop. Let's be realists. Let's talk about what really matters here. Um, if this is going to be how this is conducted, it's clear that it is, then the least we can do is respond accordingly. So if your coach is not winning enough, fire him and go hire somebody else. Don't let him talk about his graduation rate or whatever else he does. Um, this is the CEO world um, cutthroat of college sports. And will it be as popular? I, I know that they're generating a lot of buzz now about the reaction to it. I wouldn't say a lot of it is positive, but you know, maybe any reaction is, is good reaction. We'll see, man. I, I, I'd love to, I'm going to revisit this podcast a decade from now and see if we sound like, uh, you know, chicken littles saying the sky is falling or if we're, if we're all rooting for, you know, the big title game between the SEC and the big 10 um, juggernauts probably being played in, in like a space shuttle or something to, to get more people interested. I don't know, but uh, I'll be curious to see because my first reaction after seeing this is that this sucks and maybe we'll be proven wrong. Well, we still have podcasts in a decade. I think we'll just be like downloaded directly to people's brain or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe our podcast will have a big media rights deal by then. What do you think? We're going to have to do them more often. That's for sure. And on, on that note, I'm going on vacation. So I'm <laughs> out of here. Yeah. Uh, we'll do this again. Let's let's revisit once. Uh, I think I'll be in Atlanta in a few weeks for SEC football media days. Who knows what teams will show up? You know, maybe Oklahoma and Texas will be there. <laughs> maybe maybe Clemson. Maybe Dabo will be lead off first day. Talk about his new league. And one other one thing that's amazing, most amazing about UCS US. I can't even say it anymore. USC and UCLA joining this so quickly. Remember when Missouri joined the SEC? It, like they needed to call a curators meeting to 
announce a curators meeting to discuss perhaps maybe asking for permission to leave the Big 12 and then would have to have a curators meeting after that. And now it's just like, hey, we're going to put out this press release. John Wilner is going to find out about it in the afternoon. It's done. We're out. We're in the Big 10, baby. It's amazing. So credit to them for being so much more efficient in how these decisions are made. Well, they're also taking advantage of a, of a state of existence that we're all in where everything's madness all the time. That's true. I mean, the idea of normalcy is gone now. I mean, the pandemic right. changed everything. Um, these things are just firing off left and right. And we're all going, wait, what? And it's like, squirrel, there's something else going on over here. But the right, the, just the lack of magnitude that it has compared to what happened when the, when the Big 12 was first feeling the tremors of conference realignment is staggering. I mean, you wrote, how many stories do you think you wrote about conference realignment um, during that time? And now it's like here and gone in a day. Um, right absolutely it's announced with the same treatment that it is when like the third string punter misses the game because he has a groin tear it's okay on to the next thing so um and we're at the point now when when it's september 1st that thursday night and it's the first game of the season it's like that's when you that's when you sigh relief like finally i can relax it's now just football season (laughs) and not everything else that you know dominates the headlines and and sends everyone going crazy and wondering what the shape of everything's going to be like uh but we're we're still we're two months away from that as of today so yeah there'll be some some bombshells i'm sure coming from sec media days and um i mentioned how uh our sporadic podcast we are going to do them weekly um once the season gets here and we'll start up to the season so for folks who are wondering why these don't appear a little more often we'll have you covered in the fall um, we'll even probably uh, start rolling them out from uh, SEC Media Days. We can get one done there to get uh, thoughts on what Eli Drinkwitz has to say. In Atlanta, um, the, uh, not in Hoover, but in Atlanta, Dave will be there with plenty of coverage at stltoday.com. Dave, good stuff, good thoughts. Um, we didn't solve it, but I feel better. I feel like I got it off my chest. And maybe we made some folks laugh or or, uh, or at least uh, feel like they're their concerns have been heard a little bit so we'll see where we are in 10 years but we'll have plenty of podcasts until then um and we'll talk to you guys next time hey for dave i'm ben we will uh talk to you next time enjoy a happy fourth of july everybody